0: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. NBC Sports Football Morning and American columnist Peter King. What do you think about the Chase Thomas podcast?
1: I'd like to plug the Chase Thomas podcast. Listen to Chase Thomas. You'll be a smarter sports fan and
2: obviously a much better human being.
1: Matt Chernoff from 680 The Fans Chuck and Chernoff Show here and I want to say thanks for listening to today's episode of the Chase Thomas podcast you can find it on Apple Spotify and all your favorite podcast apps Chase Thomas went to Parkview in North Georgia he's a local Atlanta kid and he won't let the vs. Trey thing go he interned with us back in the day and you'll always remember him Anyway, definitely go check out chasethomaspodcast.com where you can find all of Chase's previous episodes, all of his articles, and do him a solid. Leave them a rating and review if you're an Apple Podcast listener. Reminder to listen to our show, Chuck and Chernoff, Monday through Friday, 3 to 7 on 680 The Fan, and subscribe to my podcast as well. Welcome to Lana, wherever you get your podcasts. Chase Thomas podcast. The Chase Thomas podcast.
0: <laughs>
1: um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I, hate, I already hate it. I hate it.
0: All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Thomas coming to you live. Everything School HQ, Knoxville, Tennessee, where JP's Florida Atlantic Owls cannot hurt me anymore. Time has passed. Wounds have healed. JP of SB Nation is here. JP, good evening, sir. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, we went all the way. Shout oh.
2: out to field apparel. Had to wear it today. Mm. I think it was just pure coincidence, but <laughs> it's I'm doing good. I'm doing good.
0: Well, there you go. Um, hey, and you get they're running it back. A lot of dudes are returning, so you might be able to make it back. Just don't play Tennessee in the tournament next year. That'd be great. But, Did not have a fun time. Zero out of ten, would not recommend. Uh I'm out. Also here, 49ers subs, Evan Swords, who is willing and able to talk all things. San Francisco 49er quarterback battle. Um, it's one of his favorite things to uh, relitigate during this uh, offseason as to what is uh, the future for Brock Purdy. Are we sure that Kirk Cousins doesn't make sense this offseason? All of these things you can tweet at Evan Swords, at Evan Swords on Twitter. He is more than happy to engage in that level of discourse. Speaking of swords, JP, could I borrow your katana so <laughs> I can stab myself in the throat?
1: Absolutely. Which
0: one? <laughs> yes. what an answer which one to a katana to stab Uh, which one there you go um Um, speaking of for the good folks on youtube.com you can see jp acosta's new digs behind him he's uh he's got it he's got it filled out you got the books you got the swords. you got um i love how even
1: even when you're actually saying the word swords you can't pronounce it what? What you're did like, I say? Swords, swords. There's <laughs> no. You're not. There's. You're not. The, it's a soft W, just like in my name. You asshole. <laughs> How can you not get it right with the actual word? It's the literal word. It's not even a name.
0: But you also so- switch the swords no. and swords. swords. It's a weird. It's swords. tough to say.
1: It's not. It's cool. <laughs> literally the easiest thing in the world. You've had 30 years to figure it out. You just ignore the W. We've gone over it on this exact podcast a dozen times. And even when you have visual aid, you still <laughs> couldn't figure out how to pronounce it. There's a sw-, sw-, sw sweet dear lord, Chase. Figure it out.
2: Look, you just gotta make you just gotta imagine that W is like an X on the highway. Just keep going.
0: Just
1: mm-hmm. keep
0: going. <laughs> I it.
1: It's not there. Going.
2: It's not
0: even there. Yeah, your name's really S-O-R-D-S. Swords.
1: Whatever you need, dog. Like, whatever you need. Because clearly, visual aid, verbal assault, nothing gets through to you. I love how he's like, oh, okay, so it's just like S-O-R-D. Okay, swords, huh? Okay, we'll, we'll figure this out. Next time, guaranteed. It's Shall we continue? I don't know what to Shall do. Shall we continue? I, I can't bad. believe it. I can't believe it. Actually, the actual plural of swords, swords. He couldn't get it. It wasn't even just was my last name. It wasn't like, <laughs> oh, I just don't know how to pronounce Evan's last name. He just physically can't say swords. I feel like
2: when he says swords, now he's got me thinking about it. I feel like <laughs> when he says swords, you know how the, uh, the lightsaber sound effect? When yeah. He, on new swords. Yeah, that is.
0: Now I'm never going to be able to unhear that. Like I'm finishing up Kenobi on Disney Plus this week, and now I'm just going to hear swords when that comes out. That's going to be amazing. Um, well, we're back. This was a good. That was a good just refresher into the dynamic here on this very program. Um, don't forget, folks. You can check us out on Apple, Spotify, where you get your podcast. If you are an Apple or Spotify listener, make sure you leave this show a five-star review every monday night evan and jp and i will be talking all things nfl on this very program subscribe on the youtube page and if you're watching on youtube a hey and uh, b make sure you like and subscribe this video full episodes up on the channel with clips and shorts and all that kind of good stuff as well you can email us as always at chase thomas podcast at gmail.com uh evan was there any 49ers news in the last week uh i didn't find there wasn't really much going on with your team this week yeah did you have no you want to share
1: uh we you know i don't know if it's anything needed to share um obviously i thought that the kind of it was interesting i will say shout out to peter schrager of mm. uh, good morning football who did have recently the interview about the s2 cognition test uh which we made some jokes about on twitter last week um the s two cognition test i guess is like the next uh what is the original like football test that they did let me let me look it up just to make sure uh, no it was like uh you know the the oh, the lim- wonderlick the, the limerick the Heimlich, yeah, the
0: wonderlick, so this is uh, the new version of the wonderlick,
1: yeah, but so the test came out a while back there was I saw it on Niners. In in the Niners Twitter sphere, uh, people were talking about it almost like last year, uh, but it got rehashed because Peter Schrager did an interview with the person who created the test, uh, and the big reason why it was big in the 49ers world was that Brock Purdy was like one of, if not the highest scores of this test Hmm. entirely last year, Um, and so... I I was kind of just making, you know, it just like caught brought up again. And everyone was talking about, you know, Trey Lance scored well, but Brock Purdy scro- scored even better. And I jokingly was like, if, you know, the next person to say S uh, S2 cognition test, I'm going to pistol whip, like I'm making, <laughs> making a joke about the movie super troopers. Right. It's mm-hmm. like, it was just a fun thing to say. Little do I forget that Peter Schrager follows me on Twitter. Uh, and so he was <laughs> like, he was like, Hey, yeah, I didn't realize that uh, that interview was gonna get so big. I was like, "Dog, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. That was hilarious. I just, I was joking."
0: <laughs> uh, but Evan's that was never a bit- gonna have a Twitter account for very long. Like, it's always gonna get resuspended, and we're gonna go through Evan Swords three, Evan Swords four, swords. Evan Swords <laughs> swords,
1: <you> son <laughs> of a <bitch. laughs> just back to back plural for each sword. Oh God, what kind of education do they have? in the state of Tennessee. You just graduated. Like what did they, what did they like a crackerjack degree? You like go to like <sighs> University of Phoenix online? I swear to God, you bring great shame to your family.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, I'm glad Acosta's, JP. Uh, Wait, is it a coaster or Costa
1: A Acosta? Oh, <laughs>
0: You're, you're, a, trolling. you're trolling flash.
1: you're trolling you're trolling a costa
0: no a- do you know the reason i was gonna say a costa i have my costa sunglasses and you never know like i say costa a lot so i was saying costa sunglasses and it just a costa.
1: do we know for a fact that that's how you actually pronounce that brand because i've never heard of that in my life
0: i say costa costa, costa.
1: how do you spell it
0: c-o-s-t-a
2: I can see it being Costa. If it's oh, Costa,
0: no. Have I been saying it wrong forever? Is it Costa? It's Costa Del Mar. Yeah. Not Costa. I've always said Costas. Are they I'm... not Costa? Is it Costa?
1: Well, if we are saying Costa Del Mar, could be yeah.
0: talking about the Costa. I of-
1: mean, is it Costa? Well, that's, yeah. Well, we got to figure this out. The podcast, the people listening to this, you yeah, have to figure it out.
0: This is really embarrassing for me. The first eight minutes of this podcast is not going to, not gonna be good for me. That's a
2: hilarious thing right now going on, bro. like the young know, waiters. I'd rather go over thirty than over. <laughs> you're going on 0 for thirty right
1: now, brother.
0: I th- thankfully there's no other guys. I best think you got here. it
1: right. I think you got it right. Okay, when you're in, in the concept in the yeah, but now going okay. back to it, JP's last name is Acosta. Yeah. Acosta. Not Acosta. No. Not Costa. Oh god, it hurts. But there is a Costa.
0: But do you see what I'm saying? Close to Del Mar. <laughs> English is hard. Uh, Many are I, saying. I, uh... Pronunciations. Like, I would honestly think, look, if you don't have a phonetic uh, aspect to every word that you write down, then I might mess it up. Like, maybe that's what we need to do for this very podcast, Evan, is y'all need to just put in the private chat the phonetic endings of both of your last names. And maybe that's how we break this.
1: Or we could just talk about it every other podcast like we've done for the last 12 years
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm so bad at this and it's not intentional it's like a brain malfunction and i don't know what to do like i don't i don't know what to do so uh
1: nothing going on in 49ers land uh mm-hmm. other than uh that and what was it chris conley
0: they just signed today Obviously, right at georgia is that who that is? He's bounced around oh, a little bit.
2: Jaguar legend, Chris
1: Kong. Yeah, Jaguar legend. Uh he's yeah, he got signed as like, I don't know, maybe a camp backup.
0: Mm. So camp nothing Bobby. really going on in San Francisco.
1: Yeah. What about
0: in Jacksonville, JP? Anything new? Uh
2: nope, not really. All quiet on the Jaguar front. Um outside of the Buder Baker trade mm. request and being like, oh, the Jags should get him, which they which they should. Outside of that. Nothing much, just getting ready for the draft. And this time it doesn't feel like we absolutely need to hit on a pit to save my sanity. It's
0: kind of new. It's also just weird to think about like you guys go Trayvon Walker at one, right? Like a huge surprise there. Kind of moves up the draft boards with his, uh, uh, with his just what he did the combine and his uh, just everything about him where he was like a theoretical upside because he didn't have the tape at Georgia that was like, oh, clearly Sam Dunk. And then the following year, Georgia has a player. Slam dunk, best tape in the draft. Best player by far in the draft by most folks. He's not going anywhere near one. It's just kind of funny, a year removed, how like silly all this this whole process is is that like Trayvon Walker is just completely comes out of nowhere, doesn't have anywhere close to the college tape that Jalen Carter has. And I understand there are off field differences and stuff like that, but like it's just how crazy this sport is sometimes and just sports in general that like he went number one and we moved on and then it's like but he was a hugely contested number one overall at the defensive tackle edge whatever you want to play him guy because that was the whole thing with him is you could play him in uh, multiple ways uh, on the Jaguars defensive line but then you look at Jalen Carter and it's just like everyone's like well obviously he's the best player in the draft and obviously he's the and you're like well he's not going to go anywhere near the first overall pick and you're like oh this is just a weird, weird sport. And I understand the quarterback class is better, but still, it uh, it is kind of funny to think about um, because if you're removed, or if you flip it, like Jalen Carter is probably the pick, right? Or do you think he's not a Trent bulky guy? Like his skill set is a little bit different than Trayvon, that they wouldn't have done that. Like what happens if they have the number one pick? Do you think they go Jalen Carter?
2: Their skill set is absolutely different because Trayvon Walker is more of an outside guy who can play on the inside uh, Jalen Carter is predominantly defensive tackle, inside guy. If we're assuming that this team remains the exact same uh, personnel-wise, just they just have the number one pick now. Um, honestly, I think they trade back, like hmm. most realistic, but they it'd be hard pressed to not fi- to not pick a guy like Jalen Carter, especially because. The Jaguars' needs are right along the interior of the defensive line. He fits that need perfectly. He has the arm length. He has the height, weight that Trenton Balky loves in defensive players, especially on the defensive line. He comes from Georgia. He's a Kirby smart guy. Off-field concerns are there and are valid, but I think it'd either be Jalen Carter or they trade back. But like you were saying, the NFL draft is very weird. It's like a choose-your-own-adventure or like a and d game where you just roll, and sometimes you're going to roll a nat 20 and get like the best play in the draft class in a hall of favor. Or you're going to roll and get Luke Jokel. You never know.
0: <sighs> Tough. It could be a Vic Burley. Uh, it could be – or not Vic Burley. Wait, is that right? Vic Burley? Vic no. Beasley. Vic Beasley. There's a Vic Burley who just came out five-star edge from South Georgia who's now in Clemson and Tennessee. Wasn't So there's a Vic Burley, and now there was a Vic Beasley Jr., and then – Last I'm names
1: kidding. are just getting your ass today.
0: I, well, hold on. I also just wrote and did something on Big Burley. Like, that's not fair because there was a Big Burley and a Big Beasley right after each other. Make I mean, sure.
1: it's, it is your your you know NFL football team that you've been a fan of and hold covering on. for 1,200 I years. I cover
0: everything, and they don't call me the sports renaissance man for nothing, Evan. Like, I got to keep up with a lot of names, a lot of people. Like, it's uh, – it's, Like, a lot. Burley. Big burley Big beasley <laughs> and also same state so it's easy um speaking of the falcons though bud dupree is weirdly a falcon now um i didn't think that was going to happen because usually when guys meet um free agents that is meet with a team like in their building that's like a pre precursor to them signing and bud dupree was in pittsburgh uh, two weeks ago and was already a pittsburgh Steeler um at one point and then there was a need and then he doesn't end up being signed and like the and on the flip side clays campbell was in the building in atlanta and then he left with a contract like that was just part of it usually when they go in there by and large they're gonna they're gonna sign suddenly there's just like talent and depth (laughs) on this falcons defense like mike hughes you trade for jeff akuda uh last week terry fontenot has been quite busy um this offseason and i don't think it's i don't think it's too much of a stretch to say. With how much they've added, especially on defense. Like, I'm not certain where they go now, because I think they can go edge still. I would still lean edge at number eight. Um, there is some buzz of Bijan Robinson. I really hope that's not what they end up doing. But you can go corner with Christian Gonzalez, Joey Forge. I don't like they they have options, but suddenly they have linebacker dab. They suddenly have secondary depth They suddenly have edge depth, they suddenly have some guys that I'm like, huh. I, I feel pretty okay, and I'm going into this year. I'm ready to get hurt again, guys. Like I think the Falcons should be considered the favorites in the NFC South. Like I think the Bucks are going to stink. I think the Saints are going to stink, and the Panthers are going to be playing a rookie quarterback most of the year. I I don't see how the Falcons. I can't believe I'm saying this in April, and it's going to hurt me. But like, there is. I think we're at the point now. There's no excuse for the Falcons not to host a playoff game next year. I don't there is, think there's an excuse.
1: There's a very valid excuse. And what is it's, that? It's Desmond Ritter.
0: No, hold on. Oh, Desmond Ritter, the older Trevor Lawrence is what many were saying.
1: I, I don't understand why you're so
0: excited about Trevor uh, Desmond Ritter. See, you're already mistaking it. Many like, are saying I, there's a lot of crossover between the two of I,
1: Like, I mean, like you've been watching all of these quarterbacks that have come, mm. come out in the draft the last three years, four years. There, there's
0: nothing exciting happening in these middle rounds. Mm. Can I also say I, I would like just put a pencil in this one. I don't think it happens yet. But if like they're going to give it to does the Cardinals haven't hit that yet. They haven't hit that moment, but if they trade D hop Buda Baker's moved Cardinals have a new regime in place. There's already just you some want, friction Kyler, with the Kyler. I would not be surprised at all. If the Falcons get in the Kyler Murray sweepstakes, if that were to happen, like I could see them going down that he's already under contract. So it's not like you have to start from scratch and mm-hmm. negotiation, that sort of thing. He's younger than Lamar. I would not be surprised if Kyler Murray is like the next guy. That being said, J- Trey Lance and what happens there. Um, the QB job, obviously, also on the table. I'm not certain Des is still considered the long term guy, but I think they're going to roll with it unless Trey and or Kyler become available. And if either do, I would not be surprised at all if the Falcons are linked early and often to both of those names.
2: I would keep an eye on if any of the top four quarterbacks start to slide in this draft.
0: I don't (sighs) know.
2: If they start to slide and like a guy like Anthony Richardson.
0: No, don't put that evil on me, JP. No, I can't do it.
2: Uh, If Stroud falls to eight. I could do that. They
1: should absolutely.
0: You couldn't do Anthony Richardson's at eight? No, absolutely not. Oh my God. I watched him. I was in the building at Tennessee, Florida. I was in the building. I, I I've watched too much Anthony Richardson in my life. Anthony Richardson is the ultimate like, the fi- the <laughs> the physical traits and everything else. The four four forty, but like you have to watch him. The footwork is so bad. Like but he is so raw. Is
2: it's he not. Was- that, it's not that he's. I agree that he's raw, but this is something like. It's not a long term project. I don't think he's a. You sit him for two years and then maybe he's ready. I think you could sit him for maybe like half a season and he'd be ready the lower Mm. body mechanics they need work that's something that's ultimately fixable and then you look at Anthony Richardson watching him play watching him in that Florida offense that offense sucked yeah and the structure of the offense sucked where everything was either 20 yards down the field or a check down with receivers who couldn't get any separation or catch the ball you got a lot of throws downfield you got a lot of. Receivers who can't catch or can't separate, you're going to get a lot of incompletions, and that'll lower the completion percentage. But watch Anthony Richardson's pocket movement, his ability to manipulate defenders while he's moving around. He is a quarterback. He doesn't look to run on first read. It's not a – this isn't a Malik Willis situation. No, I think Anthony Richardson is far closer to being a finished product as a quarterback, where if you let him come in – and use his running ability to be the floor and you develop his ceiling, you potentially have something really good there.
0: Well he's also just impossible to sack. And that was the thing watching up close in the UT is just his body is just so big. Like he's not super tall. He's like six three, but he is just so strong. Like I thought he reminded me the most of Ben Roethlisberger where I'm like, this dude's just a tank, not like he's just always going to be impossible to bring down. He can move when he needs to, but he'll sit in the pocket and he's not going to get sacked. Like his sack rate was super low and the Florida offensive line sucked and their receivers sucked and they didn't get open and it didn't matter. Malik Willis just gets sacked all the time. Malik Willis just uh he's not the same size and uh the same kind of player at all. Like Malik just what was his sack rate at, at uh Liberty? Wasn't it something crazy? It was,
2: it was god awful.
0: Yeah. Anthony Richardson never gets sacked. Like That was my takeaway watching him year over year uh, this past year was just that Richardson, Tennessee had hands on him. Byron Young had him multiple times and Anthony Richardson just doesn't go down. Like no play is actually over with Anthony, but not in the way that like a Bryce Young, no plays over. Where he's just scrambling and he's just always going to be looking downfield, trying to find something out of the pocket, off his back, foot. whatever. Anthony will just sit there in the pocket and doesn't go to Hinden, my guy is doing a one two-step drop and then it like when Jalen Carter just absorbs him in the Georgia game it's because he's right there like Hendon will go down because he's not that he doesn't drift that far and he's not that big I mean he's still they're actually the same height weirdly enough but um just not the same size and he he would take those sacks. I kind of worry worry about Hendon in a bad offensive line because I don't know if he'd be able to scramble and make something out of nothing in the same way that Richardson would Hendon is very much a
2: I'm going to look over to one side of the field and one side on this read. And if it's not there, then I'm going to wait until it's there. Mm -hmm. That waiting, you step back one step in the pocket and you're just sitting there. You're not creating anything helpful for your offensive line. I have a lot of worries about Hendon Hooker projecting forward Mm -hmm. in the NFL. And I got a lot of Tennessee fans mad at me because I called the Tennessee offense Mickey Mouse.
0: Yeah, Um, I don't like that, JP. Your friend of the pod. When it comes to mm.
2: NFL evaluation, it is mm. a Mouse offense. It's super fun as mm-hmm. a college offense, but not a lot of stuff that they do, not a lot of quarterback play that they do can be replicated in the NFL. And that's just, that's just one of the drawbacks of that Art Bryles, the Josh Hypo, the super duper spread mm. offense where everybody's stacked out wide, way past the hash marks. You're not going to get that amount of space in the NFL. And also everybody's just as fast. This isn't like somebody where you're going to go to Tennessee and you're going to play a team like Vanderbilt, who's just not as fast as you. Everybody is Tennessee in the NFL. They're this the top 1% of the 1%. So I have a lot of issues with Hendon Hooker. I think he, has, he throws a pretty deep ball. Mm-hmm. That's will pass. Um, I think he is a day two guy. I don't think he's a first-round pick. I don't think he's a top five pick. But he's a day two quarterback. I think he's very similar to Jacoby Brissett. Hmm. What he can do for an offense, what he can do for a team. I don't think he's going to be a long-term starter, but if you need a guy who can mop up starts and you won't have to lose too much of a beat within the offense, he can be
0: that guy. He's also super smart. Like He's killed in the rims. I don't think people understand that Like he hasn't been able to do anything with his torn ACL. So he's rising up draft boards purely because of how he's doing in these meetings. And, like, how he's being received and his leadership qualities. And, like, Hendon, I don't... I'm very nervous about the Hendon to Joe Milton transition here. Like, I'm very, very nervous. Because they're not the same dude whatsoever. Great relationship, rooting for Joe. But, like, it's it's different. Hendon is a different cat. Hendon was addicted to film. He's addicted to getting... Like, it's just... He's a different kind of dude. He was an all business. Hinden's an all business guy. Joe's a fun dude. Joe likes to do standing back flips and have fun. And I I don't know. I'm still dubious that Joe makes it through.
2: I love Joe Milton mainly because he's gonna throw the ball over the mountains, brother. And if he's not throwing the ball over the mountains, I don't know where it's gonna go. But he most- said he
0: could hit eighty at the orange and white game on Saturday. He said like eighty <laughs> yards is not like a big deal for Joe Milton.
2: <laughs> that that's an insane number just <laughs> I can't even comprehend throwing a ball 80 yards in the air.
0: Evan, have you ever seen a Joe Milton deep ball? No, of course not. I need you to look up on YouTube after this Joe Milton deep ball. It's one of the most insane things. It's a flick of the wrist. It looks so easy. He had it in the Mizzou game. It went 60. They were up big and, um, Hypo was still just, uh, unloading the, uh, <laughs> loading the, the bombs on uh, Mizzou to run it up and things like that. But, No, Joe Milton has the prettiest deep ball um, I've seen in many, many years. And it's just effortless. Like, that's the crazy thing about Joe is it doesn't look hard. And you don't realize how far he's throwing it on TV, but like, you count where he, where he stepped back and then you look at that what yard line and you're like, wait, 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 where did that travel through the air? Was that 70 yards? Was that a 70 yard through the air bomb? And it looks like it's nothing. He did it in the orange bowl, um, against Clemson to squirrel. Yep. It was a, it was almost 60 and it just looks easy. It what looks wait, easy. How old is he? He's twenty four, I think. He's been around. He's a redshirt, a graduate. Uh,
1: yeah, he was at Michigan first. Yes. He oh, that. he's not he's not going to the NFL or anything like
0: that. I mean, no, if he has a good year, he Joe Milton is so volatile. Where like I think JP, you I, I wonder if you feel the same. Like Joe's either going like top five next year, or he's like basically undrafted. Like, I don't think there's a middle ground for Joe Milton this year. Either he's a Heisman guy or he's really bad and Nico takes over and Joe's not a not an NFL draft prospect.
2: I think his athletic tools are that are better than Hendon's. So Mm
0: -hmm. if he has a good
2: year, I could see people talking into like late day one or day two because he put up hypothetically puts up the exact same numbers as Hendon while also throwing the ball a casual country mile. It's like Will
0: Levis in a way, right?
2: A little bit. I think Will Levis's benefit is he comes from a Shanahan McVay style offense I was gonna Mm. say if Atlanta really wants their Ryan Tannehill clone Will Levis is that that is exactly why are you
0: trying to hurt me tonight Will Levis Anthony Richardson JP just give me Desmond Ritter (laughs) and if Desmond Ritter doesn't work out give me Kyler or um or Trey Lance that's that's where I want to go
2: That's exactly who Will Levis is. I think Mm. you get him in an offense that's very play action based. He can move people over the middle of the field. I think he's improved a lot in terms of reading coverages and manipulating defenders in the intermediate levels. That's something he did really well this season, but Kentucky's offense was just a massive, massive disappointment. Rich Gangarello was not great at all. The receivers weren't that good, but The problem with Will Levis is – and he's tough to a fault. He's Hmm. very much um, (laughs) – you know how in animes where a main character gets hit and goes flying back 40 yards? Yeah. And he just keeps getting back up and he keeps getting thrown back 40 yards? That's Will Levis. I'm not done yet. <laughs>
1: I've just watched. I don't know. Have you ever watched Black Clover? Yes. <laughs> I just started it. So, like, it's the first thing that I thought. Yep. About.
2: He's, he's not done yet. He's going to, Will's going to keep getting back up. I just keep thinking about the old miss game where he gets his finger dislocated and then pops it right back in place and keeps going. He's a tough player. That's something that I think is going to stick out, but he gets hit a lot. Like, the Anthony Richardson, like, he doesn't get sacked. He doesn't get pressured. Will Levis gets pressured and he gets sacked a lot. And that's something he's going to have to work on. I think there are still some mechanics issues where he kind of – it looks like he kind of is throwing with all arm because Mm -hmm. he has a kind of wonky release. But if you want your guy who can work really well and play action, throws the ball great over the middle of the field, and he's confident in that throw. He will throw some passes that he thinks he can make. It'll get him in trouble sometimes. But I, I want a guy who I can say, hey, maybe you can't take that throw right now. We'll work on it, though, instead of coaching a guy up to taking that throw.
0: Hmm, that's interesting. Um, Evan, OBJ to the Ravens. Does that move the needle for you? Do you think that uh, points to Lamar Jackson staying in Baltimore?
1: I think that it does. I think I think it's pretty obvious that at this point they're going to get a deal done with OBJ. It's just a matter of when, mm. especially now that they just finished uh, the extension for Jalen Hurts which I don't know about you guys, but I think that just made the price more expensive. Mm. Um, I think OBJ gets a lot of heat because of his personality. I don't think he's like is OBJ of the old, but I do think that he'll be a good receiver, especially if he plays with Lamar. The Baltimore Ravens receiving group has been less than stellar for a long time. And I think that having someone like OBJ is just a good thing. Um, and I think Lamar Jackson can make anyone good. He's done it consistently. My biggest question is just like, how long does it last? Right? Like, does does Lamar get hurt? Does OBJ get hurt? Like, Mark Andrews?
0: So, I, J.K. I have, Dobbins.
1: <laughs> I
2: got a lot of questions about the OBJ sign. The main one is, right. what OBJ are we expecting to get? Right. Mm. He's gonna be going into his what age? Thirty-one year. Coming off a torn ACL, we haven't seen him play in a year. We don't know what he looks like. And while he could look great, that'd be awesome. But receivers on the other side of 30 coming off torn ACL, that doesn't trend towards being anything more than a wide receiver too, which if you're asking that, only asking that of him, cool. You're just going to need a lot more development from Rashad Bateman. And you probably still have to go get a guy in the the, um, NFL draft. I I don't think they should take keep them out of drafting receiver in the early rounds of the draft, but I have questions about it, but if he can just be a solid wide receiver too in that
1: offense, it's, it should be a win. That's a lot though, of money is the only thing I will say.
2: Yeah, it's a lot of money, but if you're going to try and make another like big run with Lamar, before lamar is ultimately like yeah after this tag i'm out of here
0: this might be it so you might i don't been- think he's playing on the tag right like that seems unlikely there's no way that's how this ends lamar just playing on. i his-
1: think they' i think they're gonna get a deal done especially now that jalen hurts just finished i do think they're gonna get a deal done i think i think both of them are gonna get whittled down to a point where they're like like obj over oh, excuse me um You know, Lamar's going to see the deal that Jalen Hurts just got, and he's like, Jalen Hurts is younger, less injuries, $170 million is what he got guaranteed. Like, he just went to the, you know, Super Bowl. Like,
0: I don't know. Well, and then we just, we never know what's true, right? Like, the report today of just, like, Lamar in the longer-term deal, I think is what it was, um, that report said on some show today about, like, 200 mil guaranteed was in the – long term offer but then it was less and the short term offer is what it um I think the report was is, correct me if I'm wrong JP was that what it was?
2: Uh let me check just to make sure. I think it I, was 200 million fully guaranteed, not <clears throat> fully guaranteed. It was 200 million guaranteed. I don't know if it was the long term offer or the short term.
0: I know they were different based on which one he could have particu- uh, could have potentially taken. And I mean it's a lot of money guaranteed and I just the Lamar thing is so exhaustive, but I do wonder. It requires so much nuance, but it's like if he had an agent, is this just done? Like if he had someone, it was like two hundred million guaranteed. That's really good. Let's just go ahead and take that one. Let's just go ahead and if that's really what the offer on the table was, there, just so, go ahead and take that
2: one. I think uh, Rapport said if we're comparing it to Hertz, Hertz got mm. one hundred seventy nine point three million guaranteed. Lamar's mm. offer was one seventy five million, but. Mm. Two hundred million becomes guaranteed for skill and injury cap.
0: That's what it is. Okay.
2: So in twenty twenty six, it'll go up to two hundred million. I think if that was the offer, I think Lamar should have taken it. Yeah. If it if you're getting anywhere close to two hundred million, I think that's a great offer, like guaranteed money wise, because especially if you're the Ravens, like this price tag is going to keep going up. Mm -hmm. Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert are going to get ungodly amounts of money trevor lawrence might get paid in fulham stock instead of (laughs) actually like money
0: yeah i mean but we say that patrick mahomes didn't do it patrick mahomes took a really team friendly kansas city deal that's going to help them win multiple titles for years to come we don't know some of these dudes aren't going to do it they're going to do it in a different way
2: i feel like over 10 years and it was 450 million yeah Like the the ultimate, the numbers are going to look a lot. I mean, I'm just
0: wondering could Burrow or Herbert do something similar to what Mahomes did?
2: I don't think they're going to ask for a long term deal. Hmm. I think Mahomes is going to be the only guy who's really gotten that long, long term deal of like 10 years. I just don't see that happening anymore. Is that
0: not the best contract in the NFL, right? Like, that's easily the best contract. I mean, yeah. When you consider everything that you can do with Patrick Mahomes, the fact that they've already gotten two Super Bowls at him, and he's just locked in for a decade and not at a crazy number. And that number is not going to be crazy in those 10. Like, I just, I think we undervalue that like it. Brady obviously did it to an extreme, but I do wonder if one of these young franchise quarterbacks are like, Hey, give me the Patrick Mahomes deal well, because also, I actually want to win titles. And also, Patrick Mahomes like, is going to be in the AFC for a long time.
1: <laughs> here's J- here's Jalen hurts uh, salary cap numbers mm. for the next four seasons. 6.15 million the first year, 13.56, 21.77, 31.77. Like a lot of this money is like sign on bonus and triple mm-hmm. option bonus structures and stuff like that. So, like, that's a pretty team friendly deal, too. When you look at it cap wise, like, is Lamar's like that? It's is Lamar's all game wants it to be all guaranteed, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know.
0: We just don't know, that's the problem. Is Everyone's just firing off capital T takes without any actual insight in what the negotiations and what's actually true here. So it's I like, I can't say, really speak to it.
2: I will say Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert, I checked track earlier uh. today. Their estimated market value is around, I think it was six years and Burrow was getting 288 million and Herbert was getting 279. And that's the Track's estimated market value. I think they're going. They're both going to get like more than that. I think Joe Burrow could be the first like 300 mil guy, like outside of Mahomes. And you even look at Josh Allen's deal; he did not get a ten year. He didn't sign a ten year. I think they're going to go for more four, five, six, and then everybody else under that will get three, four, five, maybe. Hmm.
0: When does Trevor's deal come up? When do you think they get that extension?
2: Oh, they're gonna get that done probably. He's going into his third year. They're gonna get that done next offseason. Okay. After this upcoming season, they're gonna get that done. And they're gonna pay him in <laughs> full-on stock. They're gonna give him partial ownership for AEW. They're gonna mm. get him, like Disney money. I don't know what they're gonna do, but it's gonna be an insane amount of money. It'll be it'll probably be the richest contract given out in Jaguar's history.
0: Interesting. Okay. Um, JP, the best backup landing spot for cam is where and how was he when we last saw actual nfl game tape from cam?
2: Oh man this is gonna this is gonna make me sad uh he didn't look that great the last mm-hmm. time like the arm looked kind of shot and the running ability obviously isn't gonna stay he's in his what early 30s coming off mm-hmm. multiple injuries it'd be cool to have him back in the league but I don't know if He is a starter at this point. I think he'd be a good backup in, I think, the best spot, probably, like, Baltimore, maybe. Mm. But I just don't know, man. I don't know how much his arm has left. And it's kind of sad.
0: I just kind of worry about the Baltimore fit with Todd Monken now. Like, Greg Grumman felt a lot more. That's what I also wonder. I mean, that's an underrated talking point when it comes to Lamar. Is he's not running the Greg Roman style, and if you've watched Georgia the last couple of years, that Todd Monken style is going to be a little bit different than what Lamar. And not, I'm not saying Lamar can do it. It's just going to be very different, and maybe for the well, better.
2: I, I do think they ran Stetson Bennett a lot. Yeah, considering Stetson Bennett is built like one of us. <laughs> oh. So. You have Lamar in that, I think that offense is gonna skyrocket if yeah. Lamar actually plays in that offense. Cam will be fine as a backup. You give him some more design runs, you let him throw the ball, maybe turn it into kind of a dink and dunk.
1: I just don't know how much he has left. Cam That's- doesn't have anything left. Cam can barely be a backup at this point. You know, like you know what's annoying? All the things that people said about Colin Kaepernick. Really, kind of apply to Cam. Like he is a, a literal like circus every time, everywhere he goes. You see the videos he just posted recently where he's like, "Like I'm bad, I'm bad." Like dog, you can't play football anymore. Like the text know. is a
0: little much for me. It's the text yeah, for me. It. I don't like. I the mean, text. Yeah, all of the above. <laughs> like
1: he's really not good, and he's certainly not anything close to what he used to be. So like, can he go be a backup and? Philadelphia or you know Baltimore or wherever, sure. I don't, but like the the experiment's over. I mean, he was a backup and he struggled, and then he was really just bad a couple games. Although he got a, he got his rushing touchdowns, which he always does, and then he didn't play and he was gone. I just I don't know. I'm I'm so tired of hearing about him at this point. It seems crazy.
2: I just. I just hope Cam is ultimately just – I hope he ends up making a team just mm. as a backup because I enjoy seeing Cam Newton. I enjoy seeing him on the sidelines. I enjoy seeing him be on teams. I enjoy seeing the excitement that he has playing football.
1: It's it's really cool, and it's really fun. I just don't know if like – He can be the four-string quarterback in San Francisco so that when the the – the the you know the, we're all on our fourth string because every quarterback got injured he can play like
0: the rule change that they made that could be for cam in san francisco i also if i'm cam like he was at the pro day i believe for auburn right Yeah, he and was- cam's like still probably in my 30 now tomorrow is my birthday so my 32 years of life um cam is still probably Joe came close three years ago. What was it now? Three, right? Um, With his season at LSU. But I think Cam did more with less where Joe just had Jamar Chase and dudes everywhere. And I'm not discrediting Joe. Like Joe was unbelievable and that LSU team was unbelievable. But that Cam year is one of the most fun, insane highlight just after highlight where Cam, like just the Alabama game alone, what he did and impacted the game by himself was ridiculous. So selfishly, I just want cam back at Auburn because I love that as a college football fan and what he meant to the sport. And I still would put his individual season that year up against anybody. Like I think that one year of cam at Auburn is still the most insane, fun season, dominant season of football I've ever seen from any player in my lifetime.
2: And I think he can offer a lot to a lot of college quarterbacks, a lot of young college quarterbacks, because Cam was kind of, I mean, after Michael Vick, Cam was the next guy. Mm. come through where he was kind of supposed to change the mold of how a quarterback was supposed to play. I mean, he came along right before RG three and you wonder now, like, if Cam would have entered the draft in what 2018, 2019 instead of 2011, what could have been? But he can offer he can offer a lot to college kids who are looking to be the next Cam Newton, which is kind of crazy that we're thinking about like the next Cam Newton. Cause like, yeah. that was in like 2010. That's kind of crazy. Drake or Patrick's son mm. is now, like a four-star college football recruit. Not mm. wild. But as well can Offer a lot to a college franchise or even an NFL franchise just someone you want to have around the team
0: I don't know if he knows Aaron Nolan personally um the four-star quarterback who just committed to Ohio State I watched him play at Langston Hughes Langston Hughes was just a uh, unbelievable juggernaut out of Fairburn this past year and they've got a uh, I talked to their coach on the pod a few months ago um dudes everywhere like Ohio State tight uh commits like all over the place like just all d1s like just d1 dudes everywhere but that was one of the most dominant. He's fun, like he's fast. He's not even close to the same build as Cam. Air Nolan though is such a Heisman quarterback name, and such a... just you watch him in the way he's gonna be a star. I don't know if he's gonna be the next uh, Atlanta uh, quarterback superstar type, but Air Nolan is a name to watch uh, over, the next time, over the next couple of years. Elite name, if Air like, Nolan. Air it, Nolan, like please name. Please. I, when I first saw that and just watching him play too. He's he's fun. Just want to stay titled this past year. Langston Hughes. See if they go back to back. But they were blowing people out. JP, if you want to watch some crazy high school tape, watch some Langston Hughes with Aaron uh, with Aaron Nolan last year. It was um, it was pretty, pretty ridiculous. That offense was unbelievable. Um, Evan Ursay wants the Colts to draft a quarterback at number four. Reportedly, Evan should Colts fans be worried about owner interference to reach on a quarterback here? Like how concerned, like, is he going to just spill the beans on the pick on Twitter before it comes out? What I'm concerned about Colts fans sanity here at this point, because they have not been able to replace Andrew luck uh, at all. And they're finally, finally moving away from the veteran, just stopgap veteran option and really leaning in, but they're in a terrible spot in this draft to do so. If you're a Colts fan, are you nervous going into the draft? And do you want them to just take the fourth quarterback available right now, which is where they might end up being if someone jumps over them and they're just, they're whoever's left, good luck. I mean, it really
1: just comes down to who's available, right? If you're, if Anthony Richardson is available at four, although I know you don't like that idea, I like the idea of giving someone with a lot of traits. You know, like, I like the idea of the Niners taking Trey Lance, and I still do. Mm. So it it just depends on who's there. Um, And also, it kind of depends on, like, how much they think the Colts can compete this year. If the Colts have a decent quarterback, a young rookie quarterback, can they compete in the playoffs? Do they have the roster for that? If you think so, I, you know, I get it, but, like, as long as you're not trading that's that's where I think the the hindrance for me kind of becomes I don't know that I still don't think this is a strong quarterback class I I don't like shorter quarterbacks I don't care what anyone says if that's mean I I, I'll never like the shorter quarterback um just from a numbers standpoint you going I love the
0: Brock Purdy situation here over the next couple of years Evan you're gonna love it it's kicking my butt I'm hoping for Trey Lance every single day um how tall but is I, Trey Lance? Is he 6'2", six 6'3"? Six what is he? No, he's like 6'4". Four. Four. 4. Is Trey Lance really 6'4"? He doesn't, doesn't look 6'4". He's huge. What are you Dude. talking about? I just... He doesn't look that much taller than Purdy. Maybe oh, I'm, dog. Maybe just because we haven't seen him enough. Have you seen him next to Jimmy Garoppolo? All right, I'm looking at him next to Purdy now. He's a much bigger human than Brock Purdy. Yeah. Now, the most recent photo with him, Mahomes, and Dante Moore, as someone who had to come home with the hairline, I don't know what Trey's doing there. I, I don't oh, know.
1: Yeah, I mean, you got time to come on home.
0: Yeah, it's that
1: that that hairline is potentially the worst hairline I've seen in the NFL.
0: That I it mean, could be. <laughs>
1: yeah, he's got like some Richard Jeff he's got like Mr. Jefferson things going on. <laughs> uh in a bad way, a
0: worse Mr. Jefferson. Like how has Robbie know. Gold not pulled him aside like, hey Trey, this is this is not working, my man.
1: Well, so, you know what? So- I, there's there's some great procedures. Mm. nowadays you can pay ten thousand dollars and have a hair
0: here's the problem with that is someone losing their hair you have to keep coming back it's not like you do a fix and then it's done it's you have to fix it momentarily and then you have to keep doing it yeah but i mean the same as like getting veneers for your teeth you have to keep you have to come back every seven seven years or so i think it's a little more dangerous to do the whole surgery on your scalp over and over again listen man all
1: every... i'm saying if you like if you like your hair you're yeah. rich
0: go get it Figure i like it. my hair and even if i was rich i would think i'd do it i don't think i could uh, sign on you know i don't know about that man i'm not a surgery guy if i can avoid surgery i'm just gonna avoid surgery if there was a if there was like an i have
1: a... i have heard though i don't know if you guys heard yeah. this, this. is very topical um uh, mm. but oh, was that a pun there... no yeah but apparently like a lot of people are going to turkey to get these the hair procedures done because the cost to fly to Turkey and get room and board is cheaper than getting it here. And they do a good job. Uh, so apparently like you'll go on a flight to Turkey and like the flights back from the States, from Turkey, you'll just have a bunch of guys with like bandages on their head. Like it's like an entire flight full of bandages, like all over your head, like bleeding and stuff. I know <laughs> a guy, I will say this. I know a guy that did it and mm-hmm. it's, not for football players. It's like six months of like constantly having like open wounds on your head and you got to like, you got to be careful. So yeah, I don't know if that Trey has that kind of time in mm-hmm. his off season. Maybe that's why, but if that's the case, like Brian Urlacher
0: can- got it done when he was done with p- football, he became the spokesman after he retired. Like right. Brian Urlacher did it later on. I don't think you can do it while you're playing. It's like-
2: to come on home. It's okay. Yeah. He, it's, you got to come on home. It looks like, he went to go get a haircut, then forgot that he had some, uh, a
1: training session. Like midway through, he <laughs> left. Yeah. Well, and like it's like you're you're also to to put it bluntly, you're a, an African American athletic quarterback. Is it ever in the history of of quarterbacks, you have so much room for swag headbands. Like there's a bunch of different types of like you can like wear caps. Like like there you there's things that you can wear. That put it bluntly, Like I remember when, like, uh, oh god, Zach Wilson. Remember his headband. He remember headband. I it's have around. the headband. I work out in
0: that every day. I the ninja Trey, headband is fantastic. I think Trey wears the ninja headband. Does he? That, but yeah. that's what
1: I'm. That, that's what I'm saying. Like Zach Wilson. I feel like he
0: does. Like, now that you said that, I remember it at North Dakota State. I think he had the yellow one. I feel like I remember seeing a yellow headband for him.
1: So that's what I'm saying. Like you yeah. can, you have options when you're playing football. So just shave your head. Where mm-hmm. wear the cool headbands? I mean, I've got, you know, a bunch of a bunch of
0: Avengers headbands that I wear just because I like them. Your headbands are huge, though. You have these. I've seen your workout videos. I don't know if you've seen them, JP, but Evan's got like the gigantic, like it takes up half his head. Like you have a gigantic headband.
1: They're the same ones that uh, Trey Lance wears. No,
0: they're thin. We're talking about the thin yes. ones. The, the Ninja ones are thin. Think Power Rangers when they Power Rangers Ninja where it was just like wrapped around their head like that and it's like super, it's just barely no, above the dog. Nah. I them
1: very, No, dog. Like I'm the- looking at him wearing a junk headband right now that mm-hmm. I quite literally own. I think the Nike ones and sort of the specialty ones. I think Evan
2: has like they have, they have a ninja headbands, They're pretty big. They're, by, they're by You junk. see the
0: difference though, JP, right? Like, aren't they bigger? Like at the top, like they are just thicker. I think. They're just, no, you're losing though. your mind. Yeah.
1: I'm telling you right now. Just <laughs> Google Trey Lance headbands, and you will see. I own the 49ers one that he wears. His is just a little more scrunched up, and I don't mm. do that because you know, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe I got a big head.
0: Maybe we just do the pod next week. All of us wear our different variations and we can do a live test of what the different sizes and if we're crazy in terms of headband size. Because mine is in the other room, I think. But I want to wear this. Oh, Evan's going to get it. He's putting it on JP. This is why folks look at this. That's covering up your entire forehead. Right. But look, that's a whole forehead. First off, first off,
1: the way that Trey Lance wears it, if I were to wear it, wear it like that, mm-hmm. you're going to see like some Mario, Super Mario. Yeah. Right? My and carpet, you're going to have like
0: right? even, yeah.
1: He's wearing the same headband. I'm just pulling it all the way up.
0: No, that's huge. That is it's a huge.
1: Sam, it's the same. Google it. Covering more, it's
2: covering more surface area. That's yes. why it's bigger because you, you're covering more surface area. Trey just has his scrunched up. They're I don't know, but what
0: I'm saying, mind. it's like Zach had it. It's thin. I have it. Like, it only covers, like, half my forehead. Well, the, well, the Zach, Zach one that you win. have is
1: a Nike one. and it is yeah, It's the Jumpman logo one. He makes yeah. theirs
2: very sleek. Very, yeah. like, they want to make theirs look cool. Mm. And but, but
1: yeah, look. this, it, well, exactly. if, you, if you Google right now, literally, <laughs> just Google Trey Lance headbands. Mm. He also has so much more hair than me. So, it doesn't look... You know what I mean? Like That's all
2: his this hard to do the hair replacement stuff. Cause he has so much hair already. You got so, to yeah. not only like the same color, same texture, you got to get it to the same length to, yep. to make it look like you didn't have hair surgery. That's why he's just come on home or like yeah, it's time. The cut.
0: Let me tell you folks among the three and for the men who are not balding yet, who might bald in the, the foreseeable future. Here are the stages of dealing with hair. The best is obviously you have your full head of hair. Like, it's great. It's a great world. The second best stage is accepting that you're losing your hair and to come on home and to just buzz it off, move on from your life, say you're not winning this battle. Number three was the worst, and it's the worst by far. And it's the fight that Trey Lance is going through where it's like the denial stage where like, I'm not doing it. I'm not ready. I'm going to fight it. I'm going to fight this losing genetic battle. That is not a happy place to be because everyone around you knows. Everyone around you knows what's happening here. They all want you to, they will notice it. I had a false spot in the back of my head. I'll never forget. I had my moment. That's when I, uh, when I worked at a nonprofit back in Atlanta, I, uh, had a kid because there were uh, like there were kids at the, the nonprofit and one of the kids saw the back of my head one day and kids can't lie. Kids are just amazingly, brutally honest. And he asked uh, our, our one of the teachers, why does Chase have a hole in the back of his head? Oh, that's tough. That was it. That's tough. Like he was legitimately curious. He's like, why does he have a hole in the back of his head? That was that was his question. Did you did you tell him because your your DNA is I and mean, your bloodline is weak? No, he was he was like seven, so I didn't really didn't really want to get into the logistics of uh, male pattern baldness. But it was uh, it was pretty brutal. Like that was one of those where I was, that was it. I'm not kidding. Like that was it. Where I'm like, oh, this is this is done. This is happening. That kid is great. But you That's need tough. those kind of moments That's in your tough. life.
2: Look, man, A'Shawn Robinson, Leonard Fournette, they've been bald since si- they were
1: like 16 years old. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: A'Shawn Robinson didn't. I think Robinson came out
2: of the, a 45-year-old the old man as like a 15-year-old. And that was terrifying.
0: Who but, was the one? Was it Brashad Pearman who came in the league where it's like he had uh, really long hair, but he didn't have anything in the front, so it looked like <laughs> a mullet almost.
2: was like right here. Yes. So it just didn't look great.
0: Yeah. It's tough, man. Well, that's that concludes the hair loss segment portion of this very important. It's an important segment. It is an important segment. Um, JP Palmer, Carson Palmer, that is, says Joe Burrow is better than Patrick Mahomes. I ask you to be fair. What do you know for certain Burrow is as of this recording better at than Patrick Mahomes to give Carson Palmer the benefit of the doubt? What is Joe Burrow? Better at as a quarterback in the National Football League right now than Patrick Mahomes
1: losing Super Bowls.
2: Not a single thing. Not I mean, one. You can you can make the argument that he's better in terms of pocket manipulation and moving around the pocket, but Patrick Mahomes is probably just as good. Mm. That I think he's just as accurate. He has a stronger arm. He has more of an ability to throw off platform. He's better within the system of an offense. <laughs> Look, we're going to keep doing this in the offseason. We keep doing this every year. It's Patrick Mahomes right here. Then there's a gap. It's Patrick Mahomes and everybody else. Everybody else is fighting for Tier 2 position Mm. right now. But you're not going to get into Patrick Mahomes' level unless you are just consistently so good within the structure of an offense, outside the structure of an offense. I mean, The way Mahomes has developed from being a feast or famine, big play quarterback to basically one of the most efficient quarterbacks we've ever seen play the game. Like the Super Bowl, he didn't throw for over 200 yards, but it was the most efficient 189 we've ever (laughs) seen. And he did it
1: on one leg.
2: On one leg. He was being dragged down by Jordan Davis and completed the pass to Travis Kelsey for a first down. You're not going to see that in the end. You're not going to find that. So – I mean, maybe you can make the pocket manipulation. Maybe you can say that for Joe Burrow. But really, the only thing that Joe Burrow is better than Patrick Mahomes at is looking cooler on Instagram.
1: That's, that's really it right now. Mm. I mean, listen, Patrick Mahomes has done so much more in such little time than every other quarterback. Like, it's, it's impossible to put anyone near him. And the fact is, is that he's probably going to keep winning Super Bowls. He's probably not done. He just lost Tyreek Hill and got better. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like Gohan with the Z sword. You know, he shed the the golden hair and got stronger. He's like, I don't need, I don't need this. I, uh, Patrick Mahomes terrifies me. And I (laughs) feel like as a team that's gone to the Super Bowl twice in the last couple of years, it's terrifying being a fan of a different team in the NFL right now because it feels like Tom Brady again. Like, how many Reggie Millers are there going to be in the NFL this these next couple of years? You know, mm-hmm. you know how many Pacers teams,
0: right? How many, The Blazers. I think the Bills like, fit the mold here right now. I think right? this is the ultimate Buffalo Bills situation.
1: Yeah, like the Bills are probably terrified of having it all happen again.
0: I think um, they're kind of screwed. I don't know what their path is. I think they're kind of – the Bills are kind of in a really, really tough spot.
1: I think the only way you beat the Patrick Mahomes situation is with the, a defense.
0: I think the Niners mm-hmm. uh, might would have had a better better chance to play um, had brought- I think that's why Cincy's their biggest challenge, right? Is they well, a they keep all their people somehow. Like Cincinnati, the staff continuity is an underrated part of what's going on here because Zach Taylor and his group, like Lou, interviewed a lot of different jobs. It seemed like he was probably gonna get the Arizona job, and he's been one of the best defensive coordinators in the NFL the last couple of years. And he's still there. And you just look at it and you're like, they're able to keep a lot of their guys, offensive line coach, quarterback. Like, T is locked in. Jamar Chase is locked in. You look at it and you're like, they're just, I think they're best positioned to challenge the Chiefs. And they've also beaten them. Arrowhead at home. Like, they are the air. The and I think that's why the Burrow versus Mahomes conversation comes up. But like you, JP, like, it's just, that's still tier two. It's just, he's the best I mean, for me, I would say he's the best tier two AFC quarterback right now. Uh,
2: I would say Joe Burrow is probably the second best quarterback in the NFL right now. Yeah. But the gap between one and two is large because we're just not going to see another Patrick Mahomes again. That's that's Mm. not happening anymore.
0: Yeah. Uh, Evan. Buda Baker wants a trade. We talk about that at the top of the program, but if they do it, Buda Baker getting moved and they move D hop. What's the point of keeping Kyler Murray around with the new administration and a new coaching staff? What is the point for keeping him around this year?
1: I'm sure the new administration is furious that they gave him the contract extension. Kyler Murray should have, should have got shopped. Uh, I would imagine with these new batch of contract extensions for quarterbacks coming out, Kyler's will look not as scary I wouldn't be surprised if you saw him. I mean, it, there's, but there's so many things. One, I think the Arizona Cardinals head coach is going to get fired immediately, right?
0: He's, I don't think he, I mean, it's wild to see like, uh, JP, I guess you could speak more to this, right? With Jonathan Gannon, where he was just kind of a fan or an, an analyst favorite for most of last year. And then the Super Bowl happened. And then it was like, oh, he got completely exposed. They collapsed. They didn't get any pressure. His scheme is actually not that good. I just feel like Jonathan Gannon lost so much goodwill from one game.
2: I have my questions about Jonathan Gannon and his defense in terms of
0: they are very
2: much a we're not going to bring pressure to you. We're not going to force the issue. We're just going to – instead of – okay, so with defense, there are two philosophies, attack, Mm. react, or react, attack. Mm. Jonathan Gannon is much more of a react, attack. We're going to mm. see what you do first, and then we'll go do it. Whereas, I guess a good comp- good comparison is Brian Flores, attack, react. We're going to force the issue and force you to react first.
0: Hmm.
2: That's the biggest issue when it comes to Jonathan Gannon. He is a react, attack coordinator who never wants to get out of that. He never hmm. wants to escape the react, attack area. That's where he feels most comfortable. I'm just very concerned with the staff that he's building. It's a lot of first-year guys and a lot of guys from college, not mm. just college. He hired a lot of guys from what? Oh, my gosh, where did he get them from? He hired a lot of them from Florida. And, that hey, man, good luck. But with, with Kyler Murray, it's just it's very interesting because I think – If the Cardinals are going to stink this year, like we think they are, Kyler's probably going to get shopped in the offseason. He's probably only going to play, like, what, eight, ten games? He might not play a full season. He'll be fully healthy when it comes around time to get traded. He'll go somewhere where a team can use his talents, and then the Cardinals are right in place to draft a quarterback. I think – the way it's setting up now, they're in the process of rebuilding. But where Arizona is in terms of like team building, their personnel, they are so bad personnel-wise and so thin depth-wise. Like Their defense is all corners and safeties, and you can't really build a defense with only corners and safeties. And their offensive line is not great right now. And their receivers outside of DeAndre Hopkins are all 5'10 or below. So you're kind of – look, man, I had my doubts about Cliff Kingsbury. I thought Cliff Kingsbury was going to suck. I didn't think (laughs) it was going to be this bad. And Steve Kime, a.k.a. White Ship Knight, did not help him out at all. But this team is going to be rebuilding at the end of this season.
0: Are they already starting that? I don't know. If you had to guess which of the two, because it seems like the Seahawks are set, I think the Seahawks are going to be good for a while. Seahawks are out of out of the rebuild. It's going to be the Seahawks and the Niners fighting over the NFC North for the next couple, or NFC West for the next couple years. If you had to guess, though, who's more likely to be in the gutter the next couple years between the Cardinals and Rams? Cardinals. Okay.
1: Just because Sean McVay is a really good coach, Hmm. Um, even if their team is tough, I still think Sean McVay is a good coach. Uh the the Cardinals are in a bad place. And they're losing the only talent that they have, but, but like Hopkins was never like I never liked that trade in the first place. Um I don't know. Yeah, the Cardinals are trash. It seemed
0: like they're nobody right. wanted either jobs, right? Nobody right. wanted the GM job, nobody really wanted the head coaching job. I feel like both were very strenuous for Arizona to fill both spots. That's never a good sign.
2: I think the Cardinals wanted Shane Steichen. Mm. Steichen Or no, they wanted Shane Steichen or they wanted Sean Payton. Sean Payton was not going to take that Cardinals job. He looked at that roster and was like, yeah, man, absolutely not. But you know what's
0: funny? I picked Sean Payton to Arizona because I thought he would get control. Or like Arizona's been going through hell. I thought he would actually get like full, like the Bill Belichick treatment He got got control.
2: But at the same time, like Sean Payton's what? In his 60s now? Mid-50s? Or late 50s? He can't be 60s. He's probably in his 50s. Yeah. Yeah. He's not rebuilding Anytime soon. He wants to go to a team that already has, like... He's 59. He turned 60 this year. Good call. I didn't yeah, realize he was that old. He's probably going to... He wants to win now. Yeah. The Cardinals are not going to win right now. That defense is really bad and will be very bad for a good minute.
0: But, I mean, who would you rather put your faith in over the next two to three years? Kyler Murray or Russell Wilson?
2: Do I have to pick? <laughs> I mean... If I had to choose over the next two to three years, I'm going to say Kyler just off of the development path. And he's a lot younger, mm. but I really don't want to choose. I don't want to choose between those two. I am somewhere along the lines of Evan where I am anti-short quarterback. Mm. Because you need to be able to see the middle of the field, but I don't know, man. It The Cardinals are in a very, very – Rough spot. It'll be interesting to see what they do this this offseason and going into next offseason.
0: Last thing here as we wrap up, uh jimmy would it be a mistake for the Titans to take a quarterback in the first round this
2: year? No, absolutely not because okay <laughs>
0: look, man, Josh Dobbs isn't good. Um well, what is this? Just pile on Tennessee quarterback hour? What's going well, on here, JP?
2: Okay, this is very much this is not. Me talking as Josh Dobbs, Tennessee volunteer. This okay. is Josh Dobbs, Tennessee Titan, Jaguar fan,
0: almost playoff that, quarterback. Josh Dobbs.
2: Ah, well, I mean, broke a clock twice a day. You know. <laughs> but M- Malik Willis seemed much more like a John Robinson, the GM. It seemed like a him pick more than Mike Brabel. Mm. I think that he wanted to start a rebuild more quickly than Mike Vrabel wanted to, which is ultimately why he got canned. But now that Mike Vrabel's in control, he can do basically whatever he wants at this point. And with Rand Carthen, I think now as the uh, GM, I think they're in a very good position to draft a quarterback. I think if any of the top four guys, I would love Will Levis there because he mm. just perfectly fits what they need, what they like in the offense. I think they need to draft a quarterback. Ryan Tannehill is going to be going into what 36, 37 year, years old, he can probably get shipped in the offseason. You can draft a guy and then say, hey, Ryan this is going to be this guy's team now and basically just go forth and see what happens. But they, I think they're in good position to draft a quarterback if one of those guys falls to them. That's the biggest thing. I don't mm. think one of those guys is going to fall to them.
0: Evan, fanfic, would you do Derrick Henry for Trey Lance? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. That <laughs> right. offense. You wouldn't even need to run a quarterback. Chris McCaffrey can throw the ball. Would that not be the most fun thing to watch? Like they're already the most physical offense in the NFL. Yeah. If you insane. bring in Derrick Henry with CMC and Debo, it doesn't matter. Like it's just gonna be pain all the time. It's just gonna be nothing but pain. I'm really excited for Trey Lance. I still think there's hope, uh, but I would of course
1: take that. I think with Trey Lance, I think what they're doing is being
2: like, hey, we are gonna, we have to say Brock Purdy is going to be the starter going into this season because of what he did last year. But by keeping an open competition, they're basically saying, hey, if Trey's as talented as you think he is, he should win this job. And I think he's going to. I really do want to see what the later version of the Shanahan offense looks like with Trey Lance at quarterback. Hmm. I, I don't think we've gotten to see – what a what a quarterback with elite tools like Trey Lance has in that offense. And I think we start to see a little bit of what they want it to be with Trey at quarterback with, in terms of the run game. But, you know, I, I want to see Trey Lance in the offense with McCaffrey. That's something we haven't seen yet. I think a lot of people are comparing, like, oh, Trey played poorly in the first games he was a starter – one of the games was a monsoon, and then the other game, he broke his ankle. So,
0: You're speaking to Evan's language what, right here. What are, we,
2: what are we grading? What are we judging him on right here? So I think Trey's yeah. going to ultimately win the job, and it'll be cool to have Brock Purdy as a backup because now you can know the backup can actually play and work the offense. But The way it was supposed to be in the first place. Yeah, by keeping it an open competition – Trey should win that job. It looks better optics wise because you're giving the kid, uh, Purdy just a chance to compete. But Trey, if Trey's a better quarterback, he's going to win the job. There should not be a problem with that.
0: I'm going to roll with Trey for Kirk as the final into the whole situation here. Trey you always wants to. And Kirk back. Kirk I think that's how it ends. Shanahan. Yeah, I think that's how it ends.
2: Ugh. I do think, um, the Vikings are going to take a quarterback in this draft.
0: And if they don't want to reach, they're going to call about Trey. That, that makes a lot say, of sense to
2: me. Yeah.
0: Evan, find you on Twitter at EvanSword. JP, we can find you at JP underscore Acosta32. Is that it? Acosta32. Acosta. JP. There you go. There you go. Uh, anything you would like to plug on the writing front this week on espnation.com? Oh,
2: yeah. Tomorrow, I have a really, really Pretty cool story coming out. I did a feature profile on Anthony Richardson covering Hell yeah. his ability or his time going from being the prince that was promised in Gainesville, Florida, where I'm from, to potentially being a top pick in the draft and kind of where all the ups and downs in between. So I got that coming out. I didn't um, know you were from Gainesville. Yep. Gainesville, Florida, born and raised. I lived there for the first 13 years of my life. Okay somehow I ended up a Florida State fan. I blamed down my dad,
0: but are you still a Florida State fan or going to FAU did that kind of change it? Or are you just both? It's majority FAU. Okay. But FSU is still there. You know. Okay. A Gainesville uh, original who's a Florida State fan. That's interesting. Oh yeah,
2: Thanksgiving's get hectic. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, got that coming out tomorrow. Got mm-hmm. some draft stuff coming up, and then I have some pretty cool ideas for when we get to the dog days of the NFL offseason, college football offseason, where nothing's going on, where I'm just going to do some fun stuff. And you got to follow, and see what
0: happens. There you go. Do that. Evan, JP, thank you as always. And I will talk to y'all next week. This is Ben Ingram, radio voice of the Atlanta Braves. And I'm here to tell you that you've reached the end of today's episode of the Chase Thomas podcast. As a friend of the podcast, I'd like to say thank you for listening to today's episode and hope you return for the next one. To show your support for the program, tell a friend or coworker or even a family member about the program. And if you're an Apple Podcast listener, leave the show a rating and a review. It goes a long way. That'll do it for me. But don't forget to listen to myself and the rest of the team at 680 The Fan and the Braves Radio Network this season. Go Braves!
2: Chase, I think I'm going to hear more about you. I really do. I think you've got a way about you, that you're interviewing. Mm-hmm. You're, um,